was thinking about the offering this week, and I realized what an opportunity it is for each of us to put feet to our obedience to God and our trust in Him. Because in the Old Testament, we're commanded to bring 10% of our income, uh, which is our tithe, or to bring our offering. And sometimes it's easy for us to say, yeah, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey. I say it all the time. I'm going to obey God. I want to obey God. I trust Him. Well, just last, a few weeks ago, my husband says, I think God's asking us to give more. And I went, whoa, 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 what? What was that? But God's asking me, do you trust me? Will you obey me? And so in that, we get to say yes. And each week, we get a chance to say to God, I'm putting feet to my obedience to you and to my trust. I do trust you. Now, if you're visiting here for the first time, don't feel that you have to give. It's something you can do, but don't. You can just receive everything that God has for you. If you're from another church, your tithe belongs there. And if you want to give, that's something you can do. But if New Hope is your home church, and you said, this is, I, I am so on board with what God is doing here, then this is where we get to say, you know what, God? I'm going to put feet to it. I'm going to put my trust in you, and I'm going to obey. Would you bow your heads, and let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for loving us, for calling us and inviting us into your kingdom. Lord God, we want to trust you. We want to obey you. And so, Lord God, through this weekly tithe and offering that we bring to you, would you see our hearts? And then would you expand what you're doing in this community, Lord God, and bring your hope and bring your good news. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we're starting a new series today called God's Kingdom, God's Wisdom. So I'm going to ask you to take out your notes and your um, bulletins and your Bibles and get ready. Thank you, Pastor Marsha. Can we say thank you to Pastor Marsha and, of course, Anella. And this, is, this, this series that we're kicking off, I love it because it's, it's very simple. It's his kingdom and it's his wisdom. Because if we think about the world that we live in, isn't it true that there's, there's something to the world or how we grow up in the world that there's a certain type of wisdom or a certain type of learning as we grow up, we, we learn certain things. Or maybe the family you, you're, you're brought up in, you learn certain things in the family. Uh, certain things have been passed on from generation to generation. Maybe your, your parents, uh, maybe they were uh, cooks and they cooked really good. They passed down how to cook to you. Or they were mechanics. Or maybe your, 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 your dad uh, was in sports or something. It's like certain things are passed down. And certain wisdom is also passed down. And so we grow up in a world where there's it's full of wisdom, and at the same time, it is full of consequences. In the world we live in, we have wisdom, and we also have consequences. So this series, His Kingdom and His Wisdom, is really about God's kingdom has a certain wisdom to it versus the world's way and its certain type of wisdom. So there are two different kingdoms, kingdom of God, kingdom of the world. God's wisdom, wisdom of the world. And then there is just plain foolishness. Foolishness can almost look like not knowing enough information and making a decision based on that. The book of Proverbs in the Bible gives us tons of wisdom. It's a great book for wisdom. We're going to take a look at a couple of scriptures from the book of Proverbs and also uh, some other things that people have done that may not have been the wisest. So we're, we're going to take a look at this and we're going to see a difference between wisdom and consequences. Let's take a look. 
Oh boy, poor thing, poor thing. I know, I, it's like a weird, do we applaud that? What do we, it's kind of a, but we see that there is, con, there are consequences to certain things that we do. And yes, take it when you're learning sports or you're learning a new thing, new thing, you're going to have mistakes, you're going to get hurt, uh, you're going to, you know, bang up some body parts and it, it, that is going to happen. At the same time, just think about life itself. Life is filled with consequences because life is filled with decisions. We have to make decisions all the time. The end of that, that proverb said you're going to be the one to suffer for it when you make bad decisions and when consequences come in. But really, when it comes to consequences, there are certain consequences we can stay away from or we can stay away from suffering. Some things we cannot avoid, some things we cannot control. And so when suffering comes in as a result of someone else, that we cannot control. But there's a certain type of wisdom that can be applied in our lives that God says, I give to you freely. And as he gives to us freely, he say, now you, it's up to you to receive it or not. See, the only way you and I will ever reach our fullest potential in the kingdom of God is with his wisdom. It's his kingdom so it comes with his wisdom. In the world, we can do whatever we want, even though it may seem like the wisest thing to do. If it's a worldly thing, it's not going to end up being a blessing because when it's his kingdom and his wisdom, it is also his blessing. In the world, there's the world's way, the world's so-called wisdom, and the world's consequences. So we're going to take a look at the two, wisdom and consequences, because these two teachers are going to be the teachers that will teach us for the rest of our lives. Now, if you think about wisdom, wisdom teaches us the lesson before we hit the wall. It teaches us the lesson before we pay the price. Consequences, on the other hand, teaches us the lesson after we pay the price. That's when we look back and we always say 20, hindsight is 2020. We can always see a lot clearer in hindsight. But for many of us, we've already made the decision and now we're reaping the consequences and we're living with the, the consequences. So we're going to learn how to live by wisdom rather than consequences. You and I grow up in this world doing our very best to receive the best teaching possible. And we try to apply the best teaching possible. But sometimes we result with making a decision and we receive consequences and therefore we suffer through it. And no one likes suffering. No one likes suffering. And there are basic fundamentals when it comes to suffering. Suffering that's brought on to you and suffering as a result of something you chose to do. But because of his wisdom and his kingdom, he's going to show us a better way to live. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 3, it's in your notes or if you want to open your church app. It tells us that a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. In other words, there's something ahead that you can foresee and you take precautions. And therefore, you make a decision based on what you foresee. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So how can we learn from these two teachers, wisdom and consequences? Because we can all gain wisdom beyond our years, save us tons of headaches and years of headaches and, and pain by understanding the principles of wisdom and consequences. So we're going to take a look at three things we need to understand. Here's the first thing, that wisdom saves us years of wasted life. Years of wasted life. Wisdom can do that. 
Consequences, on the other hand, consequences will rob us years of life. And out of the two, consequences is a much tougher teacher. The cost of consequences are much higher than wisdom because by the time we start to learn the lesson, we would have wasted years of life. That's what consequences bring. The payment for consequences sometimes is our very own marriage, our family, our children, our jobs, our career, the vision for our life, or possibly even ministry. See, God gives us a vision, and within that vision is potential. He's given us a life of vision. He's given us a life that is filled with potential, but it's going to take His wisdom to release that potential. I remember uh, playing with honeybees growing up. You know, honeybees that, you know, they go on flowers and then you can catch them, and then you kind of listen for them, it's like, zzz, and it's fun, and then you release them. Well, we were playing with them as children until someone got stung. And when someone got stung, we didn't understand what was happening. We just knew that something bad was happening to that kid. They were, they were in pain. And then we would see the stinger. And so the wisdom was play with bees, get stung. That was the principle. Play with bees, get stung. So, of course, as children, did we learn? No. We were like, that's cool. Let's see who can catch the bees without getting stung. So that was kind of the mentality until we were introduced to yellow jackets, wasps, right? That's like the upgrade of, 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 of daring when it comes to bees. So we'd play with honeybees, but it's like, that's just honeybees. You play with, play with yellow jackets. So we would, we, would, we would, you know, play with the nests, throw rocks at the nest, and then it would stir up all the bees, and then we would run away, and the, the slowest person got it. So you always had to make sure there was someone slower than you when you played throw rocks at the bees. So we would play that until we got stung. I got stung by seven yellow jackets this one time, and that was pretty bad. And you know how they say you put mud on it? I was bathing in mud because it's all over my body. After that day, no more playing with the, the beehive. And I was able to coach other children, as we were growing up, I said, don't throw, don't throw rocks at the bee's nest. Leave them alone. Now, some kids, they would say, oh, thank you. Thank you for warning us. And then you had majority of them not listen. And then when they get stung, what do we say as adults? Yeah, good for you. I mean, they're okay. I mean, if you have to give them like an EpiPen, then, well, they, I think they have to administer. But they were okay. We, we would think to ourselves as adults, why didn't you just listen? You should have just listened. But some of us, and my mom used to say this to me, hard head learn hard way. It's almost like we're so stubborn that it's going to take a painful situation for us to understand. I remember watching this movie, I think it was uh, The Guardian, and Kevin Costner's in this movie, and uh, Ashton Kutcher, and... He's a teacher teaching them about life rescue out in the open and rescuing people in the ocean. So they're in this pool filled with ice. So it's freezing ice cold water. One of the other instructors come in and he says, what are you doing? He says, I'm teaching them about hypothermia. And they're all freezing. And he says, I don't think you should be doing that. You should be in the classroom teaching that. And Kevin Costner, he's freezing. He says, well, I could do that, but in about two minutes they'll understand what hypothermia is. It's almost like he's saying, I could take them in the classroom for six weeks or I can take them in the pool for two minutes and they're going to learn the lesson. 
because some people have to feel the pain in order to learn the lesson. You and I can read books on life. You and I can read books on bad decisions. You and I can read books on, on how to be parents and, and all of those things. But sometimes for some people, pain is the only teacher. And it's almost sad to say that, well, then if I'm going to learn through pain, then I'm going to learn through pain. That's your decision. At the same time, it might cost you years of life. When you could have spent those years, let's just say in a marriage or in a family or, or with some loved ones or with, your, or with your dream or your passions, could have had that. Or you can just recover from consequences. I don't know about you, but I, I, I would rather be in, on the, the side that says, wisdom saves me years of life wasted. I would rather apply wisdom, and that's what God brings to us. And he says, I'm going to give you wisdom because I have an unbelievable life for you. But if all you're doing is climbing out of the pit all your life, you're never going to reach your fullest potential. And some people learn through pain. I remember in the seventh grade, we had this game outside in the big field during PE, and it was a, a, like a huge world soccer ball. And it was, it was six feet. And the teacher gave us some rules, what to do, what not to do, where's the out of bounds, where you need to be in bounds. And one of the rules was don't jump on the ball. So we win the game. What do I do? I jump on the ball. It's six feet. At that time, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know, maybe 17 pounds or 70, 17. It's like, well, I am Filipino, so at seventh grade, I can be 17 pounds. So I jump on the ball, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm in victory. Here comes another friend, about 17 pounds. He runs, and he hits the ball. And we're, we're light as twigs, so I go flying off of the ball. I land on my side. I try to brace myself. I snap my wrist. My other friend runs up. He had a cast. He looks at me. He goes, yep, it's broken. I had to go to the health room. They put a, uh, like a splint on it with some ice. To, for the swelling, and I stayed in there for a little while. My mother picked me up, took me to the hospital. I had to take x-rays. The doctor had to snap it back into place. See how I did that dramatically? I had to snap it into place. I want you to feel the pain and the agony. He snapped it back into place, and then they wrapped it up really nicely, and then I had a cast for six weeks. Six weeks with a cast. And it's cool, right, when you're in intermediate school. It's like, oh, everybody, like, sign my cast. So everybody is signing my cast. Six weeks later, I got to take the cast off, and my arm was so much skinnier. It was skinnier. And I looked at it. It looked weird, and I couldn't straighten it out. It took almost a week or two just to get it back to normal. And then it took a while for me to not be fearful of damaging my wrist. So I was very cautious just in that area. So altogether, maybe three months' time just to recover from that. Three months. Three months. Or I could have listened to the teacher and applied wisdom in an instant and not go through all of that pain and suffering. But for some reason, we're curious people, aren't we? We're wondering, why did the teacher say not to jump on the ball? I'm wondering, what, what's the worst thing that can happen? That's what we think. Because sometimes even our parents, right, our parents will say, hey, I don't know if this is the best idea, or no, you cannot do this. And we're on the other side saying, why? Why can't we do that? And majority of the time, it's because parents, we've been through that. We're saying, ah, I'm not sure if that's the best idea, but why? And we revert to, because I said so. 
You know when our parents tell us that, children? It's usually because they don't like to tell you what they did. <laughs> they can't tell you why. They cannot expose the reason why. So they just say, because I said so. I'm living with the man now because I said so. We've had children, even parents will give them advice on, on, on marriage, on dating, on, on even uh, jobs and, and friends and all of these things. And, and sometimes the children say, but why? And we don't have enough wisdom to give them sometimes. But we know what's wise and unwise. Our children will come up to us, no, mom, it's, it's, it's going to be good. And, you know, I, we're, we're ready for marriage and, you know, my fiance and we, it's going to be great. No, we love each other. Yeah, I don't know, honey. I don't know if that's, you know, we're just getting to know him or her and we're trying to figure this out. And, and your children are saying, yeah, but, but I, I love them and I know you love them, but maybe you should wait a little while. No, mom, I, we've been dating for two weeks. We could get married. We go church. God spoke to us. And so we have all of that. And, and as parents, we're trying our very best to give the best wisdom. And at the same time, trying to save them years of frustration. But for some reason, we learn the hard way. So how do we learn and grow then? Because we don't have enough skin and bones to break and, and, and tear up to gain all the wisdom required for the potential God sees for our life. Well, the Bible gives us wisdom. Here's where we learn. We learn from wisdom. Psalm 119 says in verses 67 and 68 and 71 and 72, it says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. The law of your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. In other words, the psalmist is saying, it's kind of like going to someone and they're presenting you gold and dirt. And you're coming to them for this prize to give to someone else for a gift. And he says, okay, I have gold. I'm giving it to you for free. And then I have dirt here and some rubbish that is, it costs $5 million dollars. And you come to them and you're saying, hey, wait, the gold, which is precious, it's for free? Yes, for free. And this rubbish and dirt is $5 million? Yes. It's up to you which one you want to pay for. You know what is interesting? That for many of us, we settle for the dirt and the rubbish. Because God's wisdom is free and it's more precious than gold or silver. And we stand before God and God says, okay, I have precious gold and silver as wisdom. Its value is high. My wisdom is high. Or you can settle for whatever rubbish wisdom of the world and your own kind of thing. But this one costs more. Which one do you want? It's like we stand before God and say, that's a trick question. Ah, go take the dirt. That's, what we, that's, that's actually what we do. We, and we may not say it that way, but our decisions prove otherwise. But he says, I have, I have wisdom that is freely available, more precious than gold or silver. Now you choose which one you want to pay for. Because one comes at a higher price. In his book, The Divine Mentor, Pastor Wayne says that wisdom teaches you the lesson before you make the mistake. Consequences demands that you make the mistake first in order to learn the lesson. Yeah, wisdom puts up a boundary fence before the cliff. Consequences have no fence line and says you're going to learn the lesson, but you're going to learn it at the bottom of the cliff. That's what consequences 
teaches us. Teaches us at the bottom of the cliff. So the second thing is that wisdom is less painful than consequences. Wisdom is so much less painful than consequences. Because you can also learn wisdom from other people. Really? I can learn wisdom from other people? What do I do? Like plug into their mind and gain wisdom? No, this is, this is where others fall off the cliff. And they get scraped off of the bottom of the cliff. And they tell you what not to do. They themselves have been scraped off the bottom of the cliff. And now they share with you what not to do. Because wisdom will keep us from falling off. Consequence will teach us the lesson for, uh, after we hit the bottom, scrape us off, and then send us to the hospital at best. And now we're in the hospital all bandaged up, and we're thinking to ourselves, ah, oh, now I understand. We're all, we're all casted up, and we're, we're now stuck, sometimes for years, trying to figure out how to heal from all of this when wisdom says, I'm less painful than consequences. In other words, when you learn from other people or learn from God's word, it's like a, it's like a testimony that he brings to us. That he says, here's, here's what can happen, here's what has happened, here's how you avoid it. That's why when you share testimonies or when we come to church and people share, that's why it's important to gather together or to be in our rooted and growing or small groups, is because we can share life lessons. And we can help one another, pray for each other, and avoid certain consequences. So when someone gives a testimony, we listen to it, and instead of us saying, oh, wow, good for you, wow, well done. Instead of just saying that, we can applaud, but at the same time receive and say, okay, wait a minute, that happened to them, okay, I need to apply this, this, and this. That's, that's something that I can learn myself. You know, if we... If we learned to garner wisdom from others rather than gossip, we'd learn a lot more. Because it's easy to gossip about someone rather than learn from them. I, I can't tell you how often I would, maybe some of my friends or people who may have had, uh, made some decisions and, and it didn't go well, that, boy, what a, what a treasure trove of wisdom. That we can go even to our, our, uh, our kupuna here those that are older than us, and say, coach me on this. I'm getting married. Coach me on this. I, I'm, I'm starting a new career. Coach me on this. We're having children. Something that you can gain wisdom from someone else that has been through that. And the more we do that, the more we gain wisdom because we're gaining it from other people. They give a testimony. We can learn from them and pick their brain. Just ask questions or just say, coach me on this. What are some thoughts that, you know, am I missing something here? And it's amazing how much wisdom can come from others and we can save us years of a wasted life. But here's, here's the best news of it all. God never wastes a wasted life. God never wastes a wasted season. He never does. The beautiful thing about God is He, de he, 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 de he demonstrated for us what it means to die, have a death, and rise from the grave. He demonstrated that. That's why the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Christ is so important to our faith. That's why we celebrate Palm Sunday, because Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, and after he died, he rose from the grave. That's why we celebrate Easter. Because our whole faith hangs on the death and resurrection of Jesus, and so does our life. 
See, if you've gone through a season where you've seen some deaths, some maybe things not go well, it could be a relationship, it could be a job or even be feeling secured or, or, or fearful or whatever it is, there's something that took place, God can redeem that. He can redeem it because God never wastes a wasted life. But it's going to be on our part to say, I'm going to receive your wisdom then. I want to receive your wisdom. And it's powerful. When we are able to receive from others and from God, it's a powerful way for wisdom to come in and avoid the unnecessary of going through years of suffering and pain. Psalm 19, verse 7, it tells us that the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It's the testimony of the Lord. When we hear these things, we gain wisdom from it. But you know, we can say, oh, well, consequences, that's worse than not receiving wisdom. But did you know that there is something worse than consequences? What's worse than consequences and not learning from consequences is not learning, period. Because we can go through consequence after consequence and say, oh, shucks, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, shucks, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I'm sorry, forgive me. And we can keep doing that and keep going through the same consequences. But that really is saying, I'm not willing to learn. That's the worst thing that can happen. It's an unteachable heart. And it's saying to God, you have the best wisdom, but I'm going to try it myself. Which means we think we're smarter than God, but his wisdom is beyond our years. So it doesn't matter what age we're at. We can garner wisdom from God and from others in various ways, but it gives to us freely. But they are going to have two, two pains that will come into our life when it comes from, from these two teachers, wisdom and consequences. It also comes with two pains as teachers. It's the pain of discipline and the pain of of regret. Discipline can teach you and it's less painful and less consequences than pain does. Pain, we don't know to what degree that pain will come in, but those two teachers or those two pains will come from these two teachers, wisdom and consequences. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 and 10, Paul the Apostle is speaking this to the church, and he's saying the same thing. He's saying, you're going to experience pain or regret. He himself was experiencing pain and regret. So he writes it like this. He says, you know, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. And Paul was saying, you know, what I'm about to say is going to sting you a little. It's going to hurt a little, but... And I'm, I'm sorry I have to say this, but I'm not sorry because of the pain I'm going to save you from. We've seen that happen as we were growing up, even as teenagers. Our parents telling us what to do, what not to do. And we still didn't listen. And then we had to deal with some consequences. 
Now, if you have children that listen to you, praise the Lord. Blessed are you. But then there are some that, boy, it's just, you know, hard head. We've got to like over and over say the same thing over and over. And you, you know there's an indication when someone's unteachable already. They say things like, how many times do you got to tell me that? Or they say things like, but that's not me. Or things like, but that's your life. That's not my life or the best one. That's never going to happen to me. Or I will never, ever be like you. Or things like that. You know, upon that nature, we have that, that almost that friction between learning wisdom and then dealing with the pain of consequences. And those two teachers, regret and pain, are, th- that result is we're trying to save people from, even as parents. And at the same time, we're trying to give them the wisdom that says you're going to need discipline to learn this lesson or regret. See, the, the, both are painful. Discipline is painful, especially if you're, let's just say, you know, the Bible gives us wisdom. But wisdom takes discipline. And the Bible gives us wisdom, we're going to have to apply it, and it's painful sometimes. Discipline. If you read your Bible, there's a little pain that comes with it. It's called not watching Netflix. Ooh, saw it, Alan. For some, that's painful. It's like, oh, I want to watch this next episode because it just continues on and on, and they hook you. Next thing you know, four hours later, it's like, well, I finished the season. Oh, what am I going to do now? I can get into the Word of God. Now, I'm not trying to sound condemning. This is what I deal with. So it's painful to discipline myself to open the Word of God because I want to do something else. It's so much easier to scroll through social media for an hour than it is to open the Bible. But one, you'll feel regret. One takes discipline. But I'll tell you this, you will never regret reading the Bible, ever. But if I do my devotions, I can watch Netflix, and there's no regret after that. Little bit of Netflix, little bit, Flash, it's the only one I watch. And maybe Green Arrow, because they're connected. That's how they hook you in. But you're going to have to determine that. There's going to be one pain or the other, discipline or regret. And when it comes to life, both are painful. But we discipline ourselves. We discipline ourselves when it comes to our health. Or we're going to be regretful when it comes to our health. Either way. Now, I've shared this before. I'm vulnerable about this. So take this information. I love ice cream. I so love ice cream. I can eat ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But if I do that for a while, I'll die. So... I have to, I'm thinking, I would die. But if if you're working on, let's just say you're trying to be healthy. It's very painful. It's very painful for me to watch people eat like Vienna sausage and rice. Because I love Vienna sausage and rice. I love chips and dip. I, I can eat the whole bag. It's not a testimony, but I'm proud of that for some reason. I can, I can, eat a whole bag of Oreo cookies with a full glass of milk. I can do these. And you can too. You're like, bro, I do that anyway. But 
but we do these things, so it takes a lot of discipline for me not to do certain things. And let me tell you, the pain is agonizing. Now, once in a while, thank you for Super Bowl, people's parties, you know, things like that. It kind of gives me an outlet. Like, oh, I don't like, you know, I don't like disrespect. <laughs> so I'm going to eat everything. So it's, there, there's a pain on one side or the other. And then, of course, after I eat all of that and I'm full, there's the pain of regret. So either way, we're going to have the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. They're both going to teach. I determine which one I'm going to feel pain from. Because most of the time, we operate on feeling than we do with what we know. You see, success, sometimes to reach that place of success, I'm going to have to make decisions based upon what I know, which is wisdom, rather than how I feel. In any, any area of life, sometimes I just have to make decisions based on what I know, not what I feel. Because the pain of wisdom is so much less painful than consequences. Which brings us to our last point, that wisdom costs less than consequences. So much less than consequences. In fact, it's free. Wisdom is free. Any, if anyone gives you wisdom, they're a parent, they give you wisdom, a grandparent, an auntie or an uncle, a friend, if they give you wisdom, it's free. It may have costed them certain years of life or things like that, but as far as a, a dollar value, God gives it to us freely. And because of that freedom or that freeness of, of, of the wisdom that God gives to us, sometimes we can take it for granted. But it costs so much less than consequences. The pain of discipline costs a whole lot less than the pain of regret. Paul the Apostle was saying that to the church in Corinth. He was saying to them, hey, guys, remember where we came from? We were in the desert. We were wandering in the desert. God rescued us, but then we started to behave differently, and we started to reject the things of God. So he's saying, so receive from God rather than where we are today. And he continues, and he says, nor complain, as some of them also complained, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Who's the destroyer? Yeah, the enemy, Satan, the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Did you know complaining opens up the door for the devil? It opens up the door for, for destruction. So he said, they were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. What Paul is saying is, listen, these guys went through all of this. Now they're giving us the wisdom. They, they wrote these things down so that they could warn us. This admonition, this strong warning, they're telling us what not to do. And we're doing the very same things they used to do. He said, Don't, let's not do that. They're giving us an example. They went through the difficulties. Let them go through it. And let them teach us the lessons so we save years of pain and suffering. He's saying learn from their mistakes. Otherwise, you're going to have to learn them yourself. And Paul is admonishing the church. He's saying this is how you get better and stronger. And the reason why is because the world is looking for wisdom that the world will never offer. You can only go so far in the world. 
But when it comes to God, his wisdom is limitless. Paul, excuse me, James, he also beats kind of the same drum as Paul was. And James says, listen, you're going to have the worldly wisdom, but this wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder in every evil thing. I grew up in an environment where my, I had a, a, you know, relatives and friends who would drink. So alcoholism was uh, evident in my family. There was drugs and uh, there was also imprisonment, so uh, criminal activity. So I was surrounded by this growing up all my life, a physical abuse and fights and things like that. So while I grew up, I could see where my life could head. I could see that. So at an early age, when I watched this, I thought to myself, I know what I don't want to do because I can see the end result. The end result was usually death or prison. Those were the two results. Now, even as a teenager, I did do some things that I wasn't, I wasn't uh, prepared for. And as I was making unwise decisions, I was going down that path. And then at an early age of age 19, I came to know Jesus. He brought in a different kind of wisdom. It was wisdom that I, I was, uh, it like brought my life to life. And at the same time, it killed everything that was destroying me. So instead of me trying to focus on stop sinning, I tried to focus on start worshiping. Like start worshiping you, start listening to you, start learning from you. Then I didn't have to focus on this because God was doing that part. He's so much better at taking care of my sin than I could ever with the wisdom that I have. So I focused more on him, not my sin. And that's what James was saying. The wisdom of the world, it doesn't come down from above. It's earthly and it's disorderly. But the wisdom of God, that's where we won't get the burn, the pain, the suffering. Because now we know what not to do. God gave us his word. When we were growing up, we were playing um, with, fire, with fireworks. And this was, you know, New Year's Eve. So, you know, all of us are, are, are playing outside. We're popping fireworks. And this is on Oahu. This is the, this is, these are the times where we could have fireworks on Oahu. And we just played with fireworks. And we were children, unsupervised. Well, our uncles and aunties were around and, you know, whatever they were doing. But when you put children together and a fountain of sparks flying and you're competitive, you start to make up games like, let's see who can jump over the sparks without getting burned. So we would be jumping over the sparks and, you know, we would get burned a little bit. You know, just a little, like the little ashes, the little embers. It, It was fine. No problem. Plus, we kids, we no more hair on our legs anyway, so it didn't matter. Until we see one of our cousins jump over, runs around like a madman, and then starts rolling on the ground. And we're, we're laughing. We're cracking up laughing because he's doing that. But then we see there's flames coming from his pocket. And then it got serious. It's one of those things like, <laughs> whoa. And then we're like, what happened? And he had a bunch of fireworks in his pockets. We all had fireworks in our pockets. So we didn't know what was happening. And so, you know, he had to take off his pants and and he had to recover. 
from that. He had to be hospitalized. Ambulance came. He was hospitalized for weeks. Had to graft skin because he burnt all his legs. But I can tell you something. After that day, that night, no one put firecrackers in their pockets. Oh, we still jumped over the sparks, but we didn't put firecrackers in our pockets. We, we learned a lesson from someone else. He got burnt. We learned the lesson. And we keep passing that on from generation to generation. Whenever you're able to pass something down from generation to generation, that is like the wisdom from God, James puts it like this. He says, but the wisdom of God, or but the wisdom from above is first pure. In other words, nothing tarnishes it. It's just that pure and meaningful. It's then peaceable. It's gentle. It's reasonable. It's full of mercy and full of good fruits. Unwavering without hypocrisy. In other words, he's saying this wisdom, you'll know the difference between this wisdom that comes from God and the wisdom that comes from the world. So if you ever want to test wisdom where it's coming from, Go back to James 3.17 because it needs to fit that list. That's how you know that it's the wisdom from God. It's his kingdom, his wisdom, his blessing. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be a part of God's blessing than a part of the consequences and the pain that comes with making unwise decisions. Could you say amen to that? I say amen to that. You can close your Bibles and put away your notes. I've <laughs> I, I heard a, a parent uh, tell me after first service, they said, oh man, I wish my son was here. Because normally that's the case when, it, when it's a message like this, that man, I wish so-and-so was here. Or, oh, my, my, my wife could have heard this. Or my, my son, my daughter, whatever it is. And, and, and I, know, I know we think of it in that way because it is good for all of us. But it is good for all of us. It's good for all of us. And you might be next to a person, you're like, oh, I'm so glad they're here. They're saying the same thing about you. They're like, oh, I'm so glad he's here. So it, it's for all of us. It's the wisdom from God, and we can all gain wisdom from him. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you, first of all, for the sacrifice that you made on the cross so that we could have a future and a hope. And Lord, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for giving us wisdom beyond our years. We don't, we don't have enough skin and bones in our body and on our body to gain all the wisdom necessary to reach our fullest potential. It's your kingdom. It's your wisdom. And we want to apply that. I pray for anyone here today, Lord, that maybe they're saying, I, I don't have that type of wisdom. I don't even know God yet, but I want to gain his wisdom. I just don't know how. And if you're here today and you're saying, I've never given my heart to Jesus, I, I, I don't hear from God, I don't, I don't pray to him, I don't know what to do, well, I'm going to pray with you. And it's a prayer that we call the prayer of salvation. In other words, as we pray this prayer together, you're going to open your heart to Jesus and his spirit is going to come into your heart and breathe your life to life. And as you say this prayer, it's a free gift that God gives to us. It's a free gift of eternal life that comes with this prayer, along with his wisdom. 
And so if you want to receive Jesus today, and you've never done this before, if you want to receive Jesus today, I'm going to ask for you to lift a hand real briefly. And in doing so, you're saying, I, I want God in my heart. I want, I want to give my heart to the Lord, and I want to live for Him. I don't have it all together, but I know He can guide me. Okay, God sees you. Yeah, hold your hands up. Yeah, don't be afraid. God will give you wisdom. Yeah, God sees you too. Right here, back there, right there. Okay, God sees you. Right here, God sees you. Right there. Okay, God sees you too. Okay, right there. Okay, God sees you. Right there, right there. Yeah, you can put your hands down. As we pray this prayer, I, I believe for all of us, the wisdom that comes from God, as the Bible says, is peaceable. You're going to sense that peace. And as we pray this prayer together, it'll also remind those of us who said yes to Jesus already the decision we made long ago. Would you pray after me? Just include your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me a future, to give me a hope. I receive your wisdom, and I believe in you. Release my fullest potential. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said together, amen, amen, amen. Can we welcome these who said yes to Jesus into the kingdom of God? It's the best decision that you'll ever make.